It's Monday, the most fun day of the week, right? Ah, boy, here we go. The best day of the week. Uh, no. Uh, no. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Joining Steve Scafidi, it's radio legend herself, Carol Kay. Now, if I had a piece of their bread, I would smear the mayonnaise all over it and just eat that. I'd have a mayonnaise sandwich. What is wrong with you? <laughs> That's crazy talk. <laughs> well, I know you're going to. Of course, but I'm not going to be here tomorrow, so what do I care? <laughs> hey, do your own thing. You do you, Carol. I... Hey, we agreed on something. How about that? Yeah. At 10.53, Stephen Carroll finally agreed on something. Now broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. This is time to party. Here's Stephen Carroll. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to the Monday show. Yes, Carol Kane, radio legend Carol Kane, right across from me. <laughs> yeah, we're literally we're... six feet. We're still we're still social distancing when that's not even a thing anymore. No, I know. The stickers are still all out, but yes, nobody nobody really does it. But is anybody no is anyone doing it anymore, do you think? I don't I I see very few masks even these days. Even though some of the COVID numbers seem like they're, you know, vacillating a little bit here and there, I just, uh, I don't see an awful lot of people that are worried about it. I haven't talked about COVID uh, in a while. I'm actually interviewing later today an expert on long COVID, which is is a fascinating look at what a, an illness. Yeah, what it can do to the body. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it manifests in all these different ways. But that's an interview that we're probably going to get to next week. I, I saw this story last night. You had something on your mind. No, no, I was just going to say, um, uh, just ask him about the heart issues, because I've got two people that have heart issues. I will do that. Okay, thanks. So I'm watching NBC News last night, and I saw this story, and I wasn't, gonna pl- I wasn't planning on talking about this today. And I thought, this is a clear example of how far down the road of crazy we are when it comes to inclusiveness. Okay. Redoing everything that... Yeah, I, societal norms. You you shared this story with me, and and it's nuts. <laughs> yes. So producer Brandon. Yeah. Who, by the way, is big time star now. I don't know if you know. He's he's the big morning. I listened fan. to him this morning. He did a phenomenal job. Full three piece suit on this morning. So he's gone big time. Big chains, big gold chains. The whole the whole thing. Yeah. Re repackaging. Mm-hmm. Just a quiet producer. He used to be on my show. He's big time now. That's. But we'll we'll get to that at some point on the okay. show. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> Right, and you're the big winner. All right, so we're going to play a piece from NBC News, and then I want to hear what you what you have to say, 855-616-1620. I've got a thought. I'm going to, I'm going to come right out of it with my thoughts, and I'm sure Carol has one as well. Mm, sure. And I, we, were, we were joking in the open about not agreeing. I think we're on the same page on this one. I think so. Yeah, so let's hear from NBC News on the strange case of, I think it's, Ro, is it Rald? Rald Dahl? I think that's it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Books like Charlie and Chocolate Factory, Matilda. Well, let's let's hear the story. Okay. Roald Dahl penned countless children's classics, transporting readers to other fantastical worlds, inspiring movies and musicals. But the versions pulled from library shelves today may not be as Dahl wrote them. Britain's Telegraph detailed hundreds of word changes across the author's works, made by Dahl's publisher Puffin and the Roald Dahl Story Company since 2020. Omissions and additions related to weight, gender, race, and more. 
In Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the enormously fat nine-year-old boy is now just enormous. Remember Miss Trunchbull and Matilda? Her great horsey face is no longer horsey. And the witches, even if she is working as a cashier, has been replaced with top scientist. And the cloud men from James and the Giant Peach are now cloud people. The degree of such changes has prompted an eruption of backlash. Legendary writer Salman Rushdie tweeted, Doll was no angel, but this is absurd censorship. Dahl has long been controversial. Decades after his death, Dahl's family issued an apology for his prejudiced remarks in interviews. Today, the Royal Dahl Story Company told NBC News, reviewing works' language is not unusual. It leaned on a collective focused on inclusivity to ensure that Royal Dahl's wonderful stories and characters continue to be enjoyed by all children today, joining a growing list of publishers and literary estates reevaluating older works. Dr. Seuss Enterprises stopped six books from being published in 2021 because of racist imagery. We're not talking about um, editing or evaluating or ruining a position. We're looking at how do we make children's literature more inclusive for all children. I have no idea why we have an issue with that. Dahl's updated prints became available in the UK last summer. It's not clear if the red pen will hit pages in the US next. Emily Iketa, NBC News. Well, thanks, NBC, for that story, which prompted this discussion. This individual they just interviewed has no idea. You are changing an author's original work. You're killing me here. I, I Seriously, you're killing me. So I, just, I, I focused on one word. Fats. Okay. So if you don't like the word fats. Okay. Okay. So let's just say a three-letter word. Sure. I have zero problem with it. At times in my life, I've been fats. You could call me fat. I'd, I'd be... I, I'll take it. It's fine. Whatever. So whatever words you picked, and generally, I think they use the term enormous or something, right? Okay. Enormously fat. Yeah. Now it's yeah. just enormous. Right. Okay. So it's just a word. So wouldn't I take the same image of enormous the same as i went from fat so does that mean at some point enormous will be you can't you can't you can't size shame somebody <laughs> i mean how ridiculous are we going to be with this stuff you're changing the original words and texts of authors i don't know where it stops see this is the domino effect for me because when you start this where do you stop it you know, and where now they're talking just about children's literature, but you know this is going to bleed over into regular literature. Everything. It's going to bleed over into everything. And, you know, what about stupid? Is that a bad word? Yes, according to some people. Stupid. Or, I use it all the time. And so do I. I. You know, I mean, what do we have to replace these things with to make everybody feel better? It doesn't make any sense. Other words that are also going to be at some point offensive to people it's just a word people whatever happened to the whole sticks and stones you know what i mean i don't get it it doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever and what do you do with somebody who maybe the author isn't around anymore are you just going to start changing his stuff yes dr seuss for example dr seuss books taken off the shelves yeah i, I read dr seuss right as a kid everybody did my i think my grandkids have some dr seuss books I'm not racist. I didn't take those books as offensive. You take the fun of the book. Right. But if we're going to scrub our language and our documents, the documentation of our culture, to the point where we're changing every word that somebody deems, and, and, this, and this fool in this piece by NBC who doesn't understand why, because it's silly and stupid to use the, I think that, the term. You know... <laughs> 
at some point in time, don't we have the capabilities or the responsibility to teach our children that this is just a word? Don't get so, don't feel bad about it. It's going to be fine. I mean, for Pete's sakes, I was, I was a fat kid. I'm going to say it. I'm using the word. Mm -hmm. I was a fat kid. I was the anchor of the tug of war team. I was so big. (laughs) That means you're big. I I can't make that stuff up. I was, and, and my father came to my track meet and they put me on the hurdles and he looked at my mom and said, do you think she's going to make it over any of them? (laughs) And I, but did I, do I remember it? Yes. Do I feel bad about it? No. Come on. Because my parents were ones that were just like, just forget about it. Leave it go. You know, people called me names. I took care of it. What about the descriptive term of the young young woman, horse-faced? Well, that's Mrs. Tr- but that was uh, Miss Trunchbull. She was the, in Matilda, she was the um, the school principal. Okay, so she was a, a woman, was, an older uh, she woman. She was a grown woman, right. yes. Um, horse-faced. But. <sighs> it's very descriptive. Yeah, I know. I know. How about the one where they changed the job to what was it, scientist? From uh, yeah, come on. You know, and I remember years ago, and I don't know what happened to this either. But it was a term to describe. My mother used it. My I've heard it before, so don't write me letters. But somebody who had like it was a malformed jaw. They called them lantern jaws. Do you remember that at all? No. Okay, I do. But I'm sure that that was, it would be considered a derogatory term for somebody who has this particular affliction. But um, what about, okay, I just saw this over the weekend, the elephant man. Mm-hmm. What are we going to change in that? We're going to have to change a bunch of stuff. In the, and where does it, so it starts in literature and then what? Moves all the way into movies, TV, all that stuff? On the uh, old National Bank talk and text line, 855-616-1620, somebody uh, said, have you ever written anything? Well, actually, I've written a book. Um, editors change original works all the time. Yeah, they do, but not for this specific reason. You, you are significantly changing the works of Roald Dahl with the, the changes you're making. You right. Know, and his book, Charlie and Chocolate Factory, correct me if I'm wrong, became Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yes, it did. Mm-hmm. Which, I guess, bothers some people. I just thought it was a good, funny movie, right? Strange, but funny. Silly. Yeah, strange, silly. You know, I, I think that's, there's the term that I, I guess I was looking for. I think some of these changes are just silly. There's no need, no reason for them. Whatever words you pick to replace another word. Is going to have the same connotation. Right. You think a little kid, if somebody called them fat one day and calls them enormous the next day, you think the kid's going to feel, oh, I feel better about myself. It's less offensive. No, it's not. You still called them enormous. Right. How right. is that better? It's just a different word. Matter of fact, a longer word. And where are we going to, I'm just throwing this out as being a devil's advocate. How do you, where do you get into the, uh, oh, your dog is enormous. How dare you? How, how dare you insult my dog? <laughs> You're insulting my dog. How dare you? You know, it's like, oh, come on. Well, I mean, you, dogs are people now. Let's be honest. We've done stories about this. Dogs are people now. So you, if you say a dog's ugly, the owner of that said dog is going to lose their minds. Yeah. That's Even true. though a lot of us know what an ugly dog looks like. And I can't believe that you don't want to meet my dog. My dog is so friendly. You should love to meet my dog. No, I don't. I don't want to meet your dog. So there, I, I digress. Want, I don't Sorry. want to touch your dog. I yeah. don't want your dog touching me. But I mean, where does it stop? You know, I don't want you coming in. You know, like when my kids, <laughs> when my kids were born, you know, I would never think of anybody coming up and going, wow, that's a homely kid. And now look at that word. 
What do we do with that? There's a difference between respect and, you know, and appreciation that you don't want to hurt someone's feelings. Mm -hmm. But again, calling someone enormous versus fat, I don't see the the difference. I don't either. It's not... It's very subtle if there is a difference. Well, and start looking at all the things that go into Webster's when it comes to those kinds of connotations. You've got chubby. You've got giant. You've got enormous. So is chubby good? I I don't know. You how tell about, me. How about tubby? No. I think, we all know, I, I think we all know what that means. Yeah. Fat. Yeah. He's a tubby kid. He's a chubby kid. So just to simplify it. Yes. I think we both are in agreement. We don't like this kind of redo of classics or any book, really. Editors do change things, but not for this re- specific reason. Okay. And, now, and when, especially when an author's dead, you are changing their original text and words for modern values. What if some racist author wrote a book that's considered brilliant, even though it's racist? Are you just what, are you going to change every concept in that book? There's and then, so, then there wouldn't be anything to read there. There's so many books that are out there. And you know what I feel bad for? Who I feel bad for? I feel bad for the family because he died in 99, 20, somewhere in there. And they had to come out and issue an apology for him. Please. I, it's just like, why, why? Why? We are late for break. I'm Steve. She's Carol. We're talking about the scrubbing of the language. Apparently the word fat is bad now. Maybe I missed the, the memo. Was there a memo on that? Did it come from the President of the United States that fat is no longer acceptable? Um, somebody somewhere deemed it to be wrong. And we have to deal, all of us have to deal with it. <laughs> Texter says, what about big bone? <laughs> We all know where that's going. I used to be. That's what they called me. I was Big Bone. Big Bone Carol. I was Big Bone. All right. We're going to take a break. Lots more to get to. Join us, 855-616-1620. Are we being insensitive? No. I don't think so. I I never want to treat anyone with a lack of respect. But that's where this is going. More after this. Hey, everybody. Get your laughing pants on. This is Max, and we're back with another joke of the week. Why did it take the pirates so long to learn the alphabet? Because they were stuck at sea. Back to people in the studios. Oh, Max, delivering his brilliance once a week with that's that joke so of the week. That's so cute. Where does, does he make those up, or does does he get them out of some place? Some he makes up, some he finds from his school bus friends or, or, okay. other, or teachers. Right. Yeah, he, he loves the joke. Ma- Max is a jokester. Now seven. Wow. They could... On his way to superstardom. Yes. Young Max, my oldest grandchild. Um, we are talking about the story of the censorship, my words, and Carol's probably, of literary works years after they're written, changing words that I don't think are that offensive. Now, a texture did say that I'm, I'm naive. You're naive? I'm, I'm about this issue. Why? Well, I, if I did, they go, the text, did they elaborate at all? Uh, let's see. Where did you get your idea? The, uh, that's not the one. You talk while I'm looking. Okay. Because I don't understand. Here where we go. I, I got it. Okay. You're not insensitive. You're naive. You just call someone with a genetic disorder lantern jaw. Just because you did that as a child, what's the big deal, right? Editors are changing works to make them more profitable in today's markets. Listen, I'm not saying that that was an acceptable thing to say. I'm just saying that I know it was used. And I, I, I'm not, I, I haven't, I don't know anybody who uses that term anymore. Right. You were providing an example. I was just throwing out that as an example. I'm not... Oh, please. Here we go. See? This is what starts it. I'm telling you right now, we need to just chill. Just chill a little bit. I I, I, I was called big-boned, tubby, chubby, fat. You name it, I got it. That was it. You survived. Yeah, well, I'm sitting here. And again, I can make the difference. 
You could have the word fat. I don't necessarily want it to apply to kids that are overweight. There's bullying. Right. And I've been a strong advocate and, and made the case sure. over and over and over again that schools do not do not do enough to prevent bullying. So don't miscast this. I'm not a fan of censorship. There's an ugliness of the written word. It also could be timed, right? Different generations, different cultural implications. All of that stuff matters. We should know what the author said Kim, in the in the words right. they chose carefully. I would imagine. Can't I, I see? And you, I go back to a lot of times. I say this: Can't we use this as a teachable moment? Ding, ding, ding! Yes. Okay. Maybe that's what we're doing right now. Okay. Quick break. Just getting warmed up on this Monday edition with Carol Kane. We'll take a break for news here in a second. Uh, and after that, Carol has a question for the audience. That'll fire people up on a Monday. I love the jump around. I'm always, you know, but when, you enter, when you're in the stadium and that's happening, all I can think of is, I hope this is structurally sound. Yeah, please don't collapse. Yeah. It's wow. nuts in there. Well, they do it everywhere now. This is... Sure. I just watched, I think it was ESPN. Or, I saw it on YouTube, but I think ESPN did a five-minute piece on where that came from. And then the artist, I forget his name. He's got a nickname instead of his real name. Okay. He uh, he came to, to uh, Camp Randall and yeah. got the crowd going again. Yeah. It's, I think it's... Is it 20 years? 25 years? I, I You know what? When I went to school there, we didn't do that. Um, well, this is the 1950s. <laughs> it's okay. No, Boom. but I to tell you the truth, I did go to school there where they did the body passing. Yes. That was the time when they did body that's passing. That's banned now. Yeah, that's and I got body passed all the way to the top. Really? Yeah, we were in section O, which uh, people would scream, "Oh, sucks!" And that probably would be offensive right now. You know, I, I sat in section O a few times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyhow, okay. Congrats on the body passing, though. Uh, maybe you were passing me because we're the same age. I, I did. I did participate in some of that stuff, so you never know because I didn't know you then. I didn't. Oh man! All I right. got to the top. I was like, I'm gonna. They're gonna throw me over. Yeah. Well, you weren't tubby then, so you were easy to pass. Okay. <laughs> see, see what we did. We went back. Yeah, we, we went, went back. back around. I, I yeah. appreciate. I appreciate all the texts. Yes. Um, and I don't know why my opinion was hard to understand. I don't like the censorship of books. I don't like when Republicans do it in Florida. I don't like when anyone does it. Right? Librarians should decide, and school boards in some cases, the books sure. that are in there. Right. But we are going to have books that are insensitive, racist. We're going to have those books because that's the nature of our country's history. I just think you can use some of these publications to, what do they say about history? You're destined to repeat it if you don't learn from yes, it? Yes, if you don't learn from it, you're destined to repeat it over and over and right. over again. And here we are. Right. We're going back to censorship. Uh-huh. I don't like it. Uh-huh. I don't want to, I never, ever, this is the part that's been misconstru- misconstrued. I don't ever want to be accused of being a bully on this. And I don't think you should ever go after a child. I actually intervened in some of these things. Right. I had a mom. I'm going to tell the story quick because it, it does relate to what we just talked about. Okay. Her son was being bullied in school. Okay. So she said, I was, I was mayor, and I, and I kind of knew the mom a little bit. She goes, you know what would be awesome? If you'd come to school during recess and go up to my son and, you know, take a picture, because that'll be, like, a big deal for him. Right. So I did it. Good. That kid's much different now. He's not the subject of bullying. Not that that was the only thing that did it. His mom did great right. work with him. Right, But yeah. that, that little thing. A little bit of affirmation. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, oh, wow. He's getting his picture taken with the mayor. He actually made a trip to go at recess and, and hang out with him. Mm-hmm. 
Little things. Yeah. So I would never, ever condone bullying. But bottom line is, you will leave us with no words to describe anything because you scrubbed every damn word out of our dictionaries. There. Mic drop. Boom. Boom. Walk away. All right. Okay. You had a... Now, when did this happen? Saturday. All right. Tell the story. Okay. So what happened on Saturday was I went to pick up uh, an item that I was having repaired. And right at the intersection of Mequon and Port Washington Road... Um, I decided to just take port all the way up to my house instead of get on the freeway. And so I was driving and to in the bike lane because there are no sidewalks. Right. And there was a lot of snow. And all of a sudden in the bike lane to the right, there's this man. He's got a big hoodie on because it was cold and gloves. And he was in a wheelchair and he was using his feet and he had a package on his lap. So he was trying to hold on to that while he was using his feet to move along. I didn't know this guy from Adam. But I drove past him, and I got about three blocks, and I was like, I feel bad. I should maybe turn around and see if he needs some help. Maybe I can push him. But then I decided against it, and I haven't stopped thinking about it because I just all of a sudden got that weird kind of sensation of, I'm a woman, I'm all by myself, I don't know this guy, you know, I... And so I what feel, time of day was this again? What time of day was this? I don't know, one in the well, afternoon? It, it, so, I mean, it's sunny. Sunny, yeah, yeah. yeah, and it's a busy area, and I'm sure nothing would have happened, but I feel bad that I didn't do the right thing. What was the right thing in your mind? Because you you'd have to park your car. I have to park my car, and I'd have to go up, and I don't know if he would be open to my boldness by asking him. No, I had my buddy Harry said to me, he goes, you have to trust your instincts. If you didn't feel safe or possibly didn't know if you were going to feel safe, he said, you don't know. This might not have even been for real. You know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I just don't know if I did the right thing. Do you know how long this individual was doing this in the in the bike lane in traffic? Essentially, even though the bike lane's separate again. I have to assume that he came from like the Sendix that's on that intersection and he was about three blocks in. So I don't know how much farther he had to go, but I just know I felt bad passing him, but then not feeling comfortable in going back and helping him. Because I'm thinking, you know, when I was in my situation after my surgeries and stuff, it was wonderful to have somebody help me. And I just thought, oh, I didn't do the right thing. I don't think there's a right answer here. Okay. Because, uh, one, it, just just the logistics of it, you'd have to park your car, you have to catch up with this individual, and then push him to where, where like, where is he going? Right. How, I mean, I, I, you, I think you said before the show this is because the sidewalks weren't cleared. There are no sidewalks. Oh, there are no sidewalks. So you yeah. have no choice. Yeah. He was in the bike lane. It does point out very... the challenges of somebody who's... Right. Has limitations. In, in, in a very busy, on a very busy road, in a very busy intersection, and up in, like, ahead of him, if he was still going to go, there's a lot of construction. And it's like, should I have loaded him into my car and taken the wheelchair? And see, that away? seems, because you that, don't know who that this over, is. That's, see, that's where I'm, and I'd be curious as to what other people would do. 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talking text line. I want to help. But it's not like me standing in the grocery store where the woman had didn't have enough money to pay, and I paid for her eggs and her, you know, I here, let me take care of that. That's a whole different situation. This is actually stopping, going over. Is there one lane on each side of the road, and then a bike lane on both sides? In that yes, stretch? it does narrow to one lane. Yes. yes. Okay. So, because I was, I was going to suggest maybe you pull over with your flashing lights and just go behind the person. 
But then you're creating a, a, a traffic conflict beyond what you already have. Or should I be like pulled up, rolled the window down and said, do you need help? That probably would have been a first step. Yeah. Okay. So this is really bothering you. It really bothered me. I've thought about it since it happened. And I was just like, you have made the vow to be a better person in 23. And that was your opportunity. And you passed. 855-616-1620. What do you think? Um, I don't think Carol necessarily did the wrong thing. I'd be curious what you would have done, you being the audience, fans of the show, in the same situation. Because let's be honest, it's wintertime in Wisconsin. and It's challenging. Potentially where you're at. Um, we, if you don't have sidewalks. Right. Or if the sidewalks aren't cleared, what do you do? We'll take a break. I see Heather's, Heather's up on the, uh, on the phone lines. Lots of texts on this. Carol's Dilemma. What would you have done? What's the right answer here, if there is one, after this? Over the weekend, Carol had a decision to make. She saw someone in a wheelchair struggling to move through the, uh, yeah. the bike lane. Yeah. No I, sidewalks. No and, sidewalks. And you beat yourself up about it since. Well, I, you know, like I said, I took the vow. I'd like to follow through. But I don't know. I don't know what stopped me. A lot of people on the old National Bank talk and text line said, call the non-emergency number for police and then maybe they could do something. It's not a bad suggestion. That's not a bad suggestion at all. And I, okay. our, our phone line's lit up, so we'll start. We'll just go down the line here. Dave is calling from Sheboygan. Welcome to the show, Dave. You're on Hi, WCMJ. Dave. Good morning. Hi, guys. Can you hear me okay? I'm yes. I'm on speakerphone. Yes. Okay. Carol, you did the right thing. My son's in a wheelchair. He's in his uh, late 30s. And as much as you think he's struggling when he's doing things like that, uh, they, they're pretty darn good at it. He even launches his own boat up in Green Bay. Oh. Um, so you, you did the right thing. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks oh, for the thanks. call, Dave. And I appreciate that's somebody with first-hand knowledge, too, sure. dealing with that every day. Uh, next up is Patty in Hartford. Hi, Patty. Hi, Patty. Hey, good morning. I enjoy your show on the way to my nanny job in West Dallas from Hartford. Thank but anyway, you for that. I'm telling you. Carol, you did a great job. I'm a uh, semi-retired RN. I do nanny. But anyway, it doesn't matter about that. You did do the right thing. Kudos to you. I would have thought like you did in retrospect, should I have helped him? I agree with the first caller. My, I have uh, someone, a loved one who's handicapped, uh, is mobility accessible. Uh, they prefer they let them do it. The gentleman or woman or whoever is in the wheelchair has cognitive stability to get out there, get dressed, and get in that chair. Oh. And remember the accident in Milwaukee on the interstate where the paramedic helped somebody mm-hmm. and caused a pileup then? Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. Thank- Thank you, you for good. God bless you. Yeah, oh, thank, thanks, thanks for that, Patty. Thanks for listening as well. Jane is going to make you feel a lot better. Okay. Jane has an answer. Okay, Hi, Jane. Hi, Jane. Hi, Carol. Hi, Steve. Hi. I just wanted to let you know that I regularly see that fine gentleman. He goes either to the um, Sendix or the Otto's Liquor Store. I have pulled over and asked him if I could please help him get back. He lives in a group home on Northport Washington Road, and he was very friendly, and he said, no, he said, I kind of get my exercise this way. Oh, okay. Don't, Carol, do not feel bad. I see him almost every other day because I live up here in Bayside. Oh, good. Okay. I wave at him when I see him. He's a fine gentleman. Well, thank you so much. That does make me feel better. And um, 
It's nice to know that somebody else has, you know, witnessed this, that I wasn't just... Thanks for the call, Jane. Thanks, there Jane. There you go. So okay, good. Jane did that. She's she's interacted with him. Now I know, and if, if he's out there that much, because I'm in that area quite often, if I see him, I'll just roll the window down and say, hey, have a nice day. And I go, is that radio legend Carol Kane? <laughs> oh, my <laughs> goodness. I'll take a ride from her. Um, let's get Scott in from Milwaukee. Hey, Scott, welcome Hi, to Scott. the show. Good morning. Hey, Carol. I just think that the fact that your concern is a good thing and speaks to your character and whether, you know, you were right or wrong in, in helping or, you know, stopping, that there's nothing you can do about that. But you still got, you know, today and tomorrow, and, and you know, it's not going to prevent you from doing something good for somebody else in the future. And so, you know, don't beat yourself up about it. It's, it's you know, water under the bridge. But the fact that you're concerned you know, you might still have opportunities in the upcoming days to show your kindness. Oh, that's very nice of you. Thank yeah, you. Thanks for the call, Scott. Look, here's I'm going to make a bigger point after the break about okay. but your mission and mine as well to be nicer, mm-hmm. try to step it up, pay it for all that stuff. But you, the cool thing about you is you have you had a, a thought in your head: Did I do the right thing? Yeah. So that's what normal, reasonable, rational people do. You're always assessing. Did I did I offer help when I needed to, or should I have offered help? Yeah, there's not there's no perfect answer, right? We don't know. The person could have been crazy for all you know. And to, I, you know, you make a very valid point because I remember, I remember getting like really yelled at by a woman who was climbing the shelves at the at the local grocery store, and I'm tall, and I went up and I said, "Can I get that for you?" And she turned, she was so offended. She goes, "I can do it," and I'm like, "Okay." Well, because you you can never be responsible. For responsible for another person's actions right you can offer you do the right thing they have to live with whatever they do or say right right i have a bigger point to make about okay. about your mission and my mission in 2023 we'll get to that after this on wtmj thanks for all the texts all the phone calls man the phone call, uh, phone lines lit up on our carol's dilemma just what to do in that situation individual in a wheelchair bike lane no sidewalks trying to just move forward right, and, and right. one of our callers jane actually she out. knows him, yeah. and not, that made me feel really better, because I, then I know that he's okay. You know what I mean? So I just had a, a I want to make a big picture comment about this, because I get this question a lot, because I, I sometimes make fun of the fact that I, I want 2023 to be a more positive year. Why do people make fun of that? Because they're so downtrodden. It's it's kind of in, buried in my point, but it, I think it's because we've... We have a society, it's actually my show poll today, which we'll do a little bit later. It's this desire to be angry about politics, angry about local school, all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's like this fixation on that. Yeah. No, Driving I I... people watching one channel for eight hours at a time, making people listen to, to radio talk shows that essentially scream at them for three hours about politics. Mm-hmm. None of that is healthy. So no. when, when we have stories like this, and I'm glad you brought this up today because this is the perfect example where the, the normal group, most of us, can actually take control of the, of the situation. Okay. We can decide how our country is going to work. We can decide what goes too far. The stupidity of the Fox News story, which we'll get to, you have a major news, news network, although I'm going to start calling them Fox Not News, because you had individuals on that station. Mm-hmm supposedly delivering news when they said the exact opposite in real life. That negativism, that desire to rile up people, has made us more angry. 
I I don't disagree with you. Um, but what this segment has also proved to me is that, uh, like you said, I completely agree with you in the fact that the majority of people are reasonable and kind individuals, and they're you know just trying to be the best person they possibly can. And if we just don't stay silent, we can change stuff. We can decide what the narrative of this yeah. country is, and it's not going to be this ridiculous oversaturation of politics and political anger. I went by, I was driving up to Wisconsin Rapids, which is actually going to be our next story in the 10 o'clock hour uh, for an event over the weekend. Fantastic. And wait till you hear this story. I can't amazing. wait to hear this. And there's this huge semi parked on, what is that? Uh, 90, not 90, is it 90, 41? 94 north of Madison. Okay. I think it's still 94. Yeah. Yes, it is. With a with Let's Go Brandon on both sides. Big uh, semi. Parked okay. on, it's like, what are you doing? We all know what it means, right? We've all heard the term. I, I saw a guy wearing a T-shirt the other day. Look, you have a right to do it, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But this fixation on the president, this fixation on the anger of politics is going to ruin this country, in my, in my opinion. Well, the fixation, just anger overall, I think it extends far beyond even politics. I mean, it's just like, you know, whatever happened to going out and helping your neighbor? Like... You know, I'll I'll go and shovel my neighbor's driveway if they have trouble getting out. I'd be happy to do that. We live in a society now where people essentially work, go home, garage door goes up, right? They click their clicker. They go in, they park, and they watch the same news channel, fake news, Mm -hmm. whatever that is, MSNBC on one side and Fox on the other, Fox not news. And that's all they do. There are so many people that are out there that are just itching for a fight. There, I, I, but I think that the majority of us are reasonable individuals, and all we got to do is just maybe step forward and go, calm down, calm down, stop fishing for a fight. So one of the things that I'm going to continue to do is point out the absurdity of politics. Sure. I'll still cover politics. I'll talk to politicians. But we're going to cover the absurdity because there are people still running around in the state of Wisconsin, which is where we're located, last time I checked saying the election was rigged and stolen. How stupid can you be? You're going to have a big day tomorrow, my friend. Yes. All right. Election day in Wisconsin. All right. After the break for news, a fun story of what a a business in Wisconsin Rapid did, which kind of capitalizes on some of the craziness of Amazon and stuff. Yeah. We'll talk to the owner of that. Of that oh, good. And the, the creator of the events after the break for news right here on WTMJ. It's Monday, the most fun day of the week, right? Ah, boy, here we go. The best day of the week. Uh, no. Uh, no. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Joining Steve Scafidi, it's radio legend herself, Carol Kay. Now, if I had a piece of the bread, I would smear the mayonnaise all over it and just eat that. I'd have a mayonnaise sandwich. What's wrong with you? <laughs> That's crazy talk. <laughs> well, I know you're going to. Of course, but I'm not going to be here tomorrow, so what do I care? <laughs> hey, do your own thing. You do you, Carol. I- hey, we agreed on something. How about that? Yeah. At 10.53, Stephen Carroll finally agreed on something. Now broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. This is time. To party. Here's Steve and Carol. Yes, I, we're agreeing a lot today, Carol Kane. Yes, we are. Which is a good thing. We seem to be... You know why that is? I know. Because we're reasonable, rational adults. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's the uh, definition I'm going with. And, okay. and stop with the text that say, I, I'm not in favor of freedom of speech. You can do whatever you want. I'm just telling you that one of my missions this year is to take back conversation from the crazies. I don't care if it's left or right. I'm yeah. taking the conversation back. Right. 
one day at a time. Right. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. All Be right, positive. Carol, you know I'm not a fan of shopping. I hate shopping. No, I know that. So when I, I was watching your wife, she was posting some stuff on Facebook <laughs> yes, about was. this, which to me it's a super charming event. Yeah, so it's called a palette party. Okay. And I'm, we're going to bring the creator of this thing, and I think it was her idea, or she stole it from someone else. You never know. Let's just bring her in. Michelle Gaska joins us from Ridges Golf Course in beautiful Wisconsin Rapids. Good morning, Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Hi. How are you guys today? We are wonderful. So I'm not a shopper, but my wife is, and you know this because you know my wife. We go up I to Wisconsin do. Rapids for a thing called a pallet party. Now, describe to our audience and fans of the show what this is. Well, it was just a crazy idea that actually your wife kind of spearheaded. Oh, with our, why does that not surprise me? I know, <laughs> I know. When we when we came home with three carloads of stuff, um, in our three-hour drive home, we decided that um, we needed to do something, either start our own store, which we that kind of went on the wayside pretty fast. And since we have a nice big facility, we came up with the idea of the party. So we just bought some pallets and... It was like a big white elephant party. Okay, so where do these pallets come from? Just uh, wherever you can find them? Well, we found a place in Oshkosh that sells them. Um, I think you can order them online, but I'm very visual. I needed to see them and see what, well, you can't tell what's in them because they're basically brown boxes. But I needed to see how big they were and kind of get an idea of how we could work it. So we find a, found a place in Oshkosh that sold them and went over and bought two to start with and ended up buying a third. So I walk into this hall. Okay. Yeah, the, explain. It's like their wedding hall, their banquet hall, attached to the Ridges Golf Course, fantastic golf course, by the way. And, and there's these pallets that are, you know, when you see, like, you know, if you go to a warehouse, they're, they're wrapped in plastic. Yeah. So you unwrap them, and then they have all these boxes of varying sizes. Like, okay. You know, some long and, and thin, some massive boxes. And then they lay them out on tables. What was it, 20 at a time, Michelle? Yep, we did 20. We came up with 25 at a time. 25. We ended up with over 210 boxes. <laughs> so we had to figure out a way to keep it moving. So we figured if we could do 25 at a time, every 15 minutes we wouldn't keep you on there all night. It would be done fairly quickly. So, okay, so you got the 25 people lined up, and they have a, each one of them has a box in front of them, and they have absolutely no idea what's in this box and it's basically soup to nuts right correct huh? it was it was, it was everything dark. okay i it saw everything i saw some guy because you got a um a video on facebook and i saw some guy he pulled out a christmas tree and he was jumping <laughs> he up and down i'm like wow there's a winner yep. he, and that tree ended up decorated by the end of the night too. yeah remarkably filled with beer cans mm-hmm. so yeah, surprise so you buy a ticket right mm-hmm and, and then, and with the ticket, we had we had music, we had some little hors d'oeuvres, food, yeah. And so ev- everybody was guaranteed something, but you couldn't you can, couldn't come thinking you were going to end up with something good. So ru- and, Mich- we're joined by Michelle Gaska. She's one of the owners of, of the Ridges Golf Course in in Wisconsin Rapids, and they they have a beautiful facility. And in the facility, we had this pallet party. And again, I'm not a shopper, but I was I was like, eh, I'm kind of neutral on this. By the end of it, when I got picked, which I think it was number four, but it was random. You could be have number four and be like the last person picked. I go up to mm-hmm. they gave you a knife to open the box. I get an a, a electric blankets. Oh wow! Okay. And, but there was well, talk about some of the things people opened. It was absolutely amazing. Well, I mean, there were good things. 
I mean, there were some heated waders that I guess people were looking up oh, what yeah. things cost online. Those were almost $400. Yep. Um, there were Roombas. There was electric vacuums. Um, there was a, a, a faucet, a kitchen faucet that, I mean, if anybody's done anything lately, that was way over $300. It was beautiful. Wow. Um, what what were some of the low-end ones? Yeah, there might have been like the the frog costume was a good one. <laughs> yeah, somebody got a frog costume and they were modeling it at the uh, pellet oh, yeah. party. Yeah, um, I think the two thousand case of corn dog wrappers was a good one. That's hilarious. What do you do with two thousand um, corn dog wrappers unless you like you're a vendor? Yeah, I, I mm, don't but they know. loved it. Um, there was I, I know my my brother and um, sister in law got parts to a dishwasher so they could repair theirs maybe if wow. it broke down. My brother-in-law, who you know, he got a chandelier. Yeah. Oh, you're kidding. Which is like 400 bucks if you buy a chandelier like that, because we looked it up. What? Now, yeah. do you do this? Is this going to become an annual thing? Well, that's. I think we'll probably end up doing it again, um, because it was a lot of fun. I mean, we, we do create. We kind of do. We are lucky our community supports us, and we do kind of crazy things, like with golf outings and stuff, and People come out, and they know that we're going to do different things. And this was really well-received, and unfortunately, we had to turn away a lot of people because we didn't have enough tickets. But, um, yeah, I think we'll do it or some form of it in the future. Have you been contacted or have you talked with other people who want to do something similar? Honestly, I just got off the phone with someone. <laughs> there you go. See, that's, it's so innovative. And, and, again, I hate shopping, and I thought it was a, it was a wild night. Well, hey, all you're buying is the ticket. Yes. You know, they're right. just handing you a box. And to be I, honest, I was there for the alcohol. It was, oh, there you go. Um, <laughs> I had heard rumblings that you didn't like. You weren't too keen on this at the beginning. I wasn't. But then, but then they said you jumped when your number was called. Yes, I was very excited to go up there, and I got an electric <laughs> it's, blanket. It's that element yeah. of surprise that's so charming about it. And you know what? It's, it's a great way for a business to have business during the winter hours it's a great way for just to go and do something different instead of sitting around popping a beer and watching netflix in your own home it's like dear god let's go someplace and do something fun i loved it when i saw michelle on saturday and i said we got to have you on the show to talk about this is this is like somebody doing something really creative with you know amazon everybody knows about amazon everybody orders stuff for their porch. sure here you don't know what you're getting and it's 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 you know the white elephant it's the surprise gag gift but in some cases, there were some gags, but there some really cool stuff. Michelle, uh, I love the events, and, and uh, as a non-shopper, I, I was thrilled, thrilled to be a part of it. And I think it sounds it's gonna fun. Catch, I'm sure it's going to catch on. So thanks for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. And say hi to your good-looking husband as well. Oh, oh I will. <laughs> thanks. A Have a great day. That's Michelle. Thanks, Michelle. That's Michelle Gaska calling from the Wisconsin Rapids Ridges Golf Course, which right. is a great golf course, by the way. Um, they have a I think they have two huge halls, but this was a, a, a unique story because no, I hadn't seen anybody doing something I've never like this. heard of anything because you said to me when I came in today, you're like, do you know what this is about? I go, no, I have no idea. I, I love creative people, and she certainly fits that bill. And, and for a non-shopper, and you know how adamant I am about it. I know. I don't even like the grocery shop. I know. You know why that is? No. Because I can't focus on the food that I want to get. It's all the, the crazies that are around me when I shop. People having loud conversations on their smartphones with with speaker on. Okay. You know, it's the people whose kids are like doing like gymnastic tumbles in the in the aisles. That I I will say that's bothersome to me too. I did uh, the other day. I saw he was literally mopping the floor with his belly, and I'm like, that can't be healthy. You must pick him up. One of the last times I was in the in the I think it was Myers, pull, pushing. 
the, the, the aisles aren't that big. The kid's standing right in the middle of the thing. I'm like, get out of the way, kid. Well, and can I just say this without you getting offended? I'm glad that you stay out of the, because I don't want, if your husband doesn't know exactly what he's supposed to be getting, he's going to be calling you, so you might as well just cut out the middleman and just go yourself. I've walked by more guys going, uh, I see this, I see this, I, which, I want to grab the phone and go, I can help you. What do you need? I blame it on the instructions. Really? Like, yeah. She'll say, I need, um, whatever. And it's like, there's like a million of those things. No, here's the deal. You don't listen. <laughs> I had to say, I sent Lou to the store yesterday, and I got a Lou store for you. I had to send him to the store, and with a lick and a promise, I was like, good God, I hope he brings back the right stuff. Because I never really know. I have to go, do you understand what? So I'm going to flip this. Okay. So going back to our first conversation about words, yeah, I'm offended by the words you don't listen. Uh, okay. So you're going to have to find different words, I, the, especially the listen part. You're going to have to find different words to describe that situation that I'm not offended by. Uh, Think about something it. is clogging your earways. Think about. Well, that's true. <laughs> Think about it during the break. She's Carol. I'm Steve. Monday, right here in WTMJ. Power of love. I'm bringing love back, Carol. Yes, you are. One man at a time. I'm just going to agree with you because it's a Monday and we just want to, we're just going to have a good week there. We're going to have a great week. Even with the a, with a snow threats, and I have listeners everywhere now, so it could be, as Hugh from Florida told me last week, it was 82. And it's supposed to be in the 90s, yeah. apparently. God bless you. That's your life. That's, you chose it. Enjoy I, it. I took a picture of my Sydney, who is big, this big, black, hairy. She's got so much hair. And she, this is her weather. She loves this. And she was covered in snow. Covered in snow. But she was happy as can be. So, anyhow. So, I'm hoping... I'm hoping that we don't get a ton of snow because I apparently am the designated shoveler. <laughs> and you told me this story. You have a snowblower. Okay, here's what happened. We had that big dumping just last week. So on Friday, I took a walk with my girlfriend and I got home and I had said to Lou, okay, we got to try and clear this driveway because if the sun comes out, we can melt the ice. Mm-hmm. I come home from an hour walk. Good job on you there. Yeah. An hour walk and the snow is still there. And I walked into the house and I said, I cannot believe you didn't. Is the snowblower even operable? And he goes, oh, yeah, it'll be fine. And I said, then get outside, fire that baby up, and I'll snowblow the the sidewalk. Now, was it in that nice tone of voice or was it a more order or like an angry voice? Because I want to be fair to Lou here. Uh, it might have been a little tinged agitated. With, tinged with anger. Agitated. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he comes out. Now, he's told me that he's had this serviced, and I've asked him multiple times. So he gets there, and he starts to try and fire it up. <laughs> Nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. So I looked at him, and I said, well, this is great. This is absolutely great. I can't believe that we don't have a snowblower again. So I said... Well, I guess I'm, you know, here I start. So what does he do? No, I honestly, would you, <laughs> what would you do? I would get a, I would uh, test it, get it checked out. I would, I would, exactly. Yeah, right I said, how about, how about testing it? Mm-hmm. Just out of curiosity. So 
he pushes it back into the garage, and he leaves me. He goes into the house, pours himself a cup of coffee, makes himself some breakfast, comes out 45 minutes later, jumps in the car, off to work. I was like... Well, what's his work day? I mean, I, let's... I, I, Maybe the window of time wasn't big enough to plow the driveway? We have another shovel. I'm out there. My neighbors must think, uh, what's going on? This Lighten po- up, friend. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be fair to Lou here. We can be fair to Lou, mm-hmm. but... Why? <laughs> Why do we need to? In well, this he situation? did have a work shift coming up. He did have a work shift coming up, mm-hmm, but there's mm-hmm. nothing impeding him from throwing on a pair of boots and helping me for at least a half an hour. You know, you can cram something down your throat and, and a cup of coffee in 15, 20 minutes. You don't have to be to work until 9 o'clock. So after he got back from work, what was the extent of the conversation related to the earlier conversation? It was very quiet. Very quiet in the house. It's very quiet because I had done all the shoveling. You shoveled it was all, all of it yourself. The whole thing. I took care of it all. With two new hips. I, I did it the, the first time. Let me just let me play devil's advocate on this one. Why not? Perhaps, perhaps Lou was thinking. Yes. And this is stretching it a little bit. You know what? She's got those two new hips. She got them done last summer. It's now been, what, eight months? Yeah. No, seven That's, months. I'll test them out. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is a nice way to kind of break those hips in, see what she's capable of so we can... Fairly assess, I'm, I'm being Lou, my beautiful wife's abilities mm-hmm. to kind of handle things that life throws at you. Well, here's the deal. I don't buy it. <laughs> You're not but, buying my, don't buy it. my premise. But then he, but he, all of a sudden he's off and running, but then he comes back into the driveway and he's pulling the snowblower out. He's like, they're coming, the, the, the fix-it place is coming to pick it up and they'll go and take a look at it. And I go, why? The odds of us getting another super dumper are probably pretty slim. And I said, to tell you the truth, you're already two storms behind on the shoveling. So if we get another big dumper, which it looks like we might on Wednesday, I'm literally going to go in and hand him a shovel and go, Get out here and help me. Is it the snowblower? Is it currently in your garage or being serviced? It's back in the garage. It was so, serviced. It, no. It I said, I canceled the service. I said, we'll do it in the fall. Why are we paying for them twice? Mm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if we get dumped on and I'm out there shoveling, then I got to own that. That's my fault. Let me just suggest that I know we're getting late for another alternative method of reacting to this. Yeah. Lou. Yeah. I want to just tell you, I shoveled, and I appreciate that you allowed me to test my hips <laughs> with that, you know, going out there, and, and I want to thank you for letting me do that. No. And those... Lou, I know you have a tough shift coming. You have to go to work. Yeah, no. I know that you have. So just relax. I got, I'm on this, and you give him a thumbs up okay. and maybe a peck on the cheek. Oh, oh God, no. <laughs> <laughs> and here's... And here's the deal. You say those words because they are never being uttered from this mouth. (laughs) Never, ever, ever. I mean, we've been married for 40 years, so it's just like we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. But I was just standing there. I'm like, when I walked in before he, I was like, what? uh, Are you enjoying that meal? All I can say is. Yeah. I'm a saint. Good luck on Wednesday. (laughs) We do it every Monday, 10.35. Dave Spano, president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management, who joins us, and also the host of Money Talk, can't forget that. I, it's a very 
regular listen for me because I learn a lot of stuff, and it also prompts me to think of things to ask Dave on Monday. So I'm doing it on both ends, Dave, for you. That sounds good. You know, this is the only time in my career I'm going to guarantee that the market's going to close exactly <laughs> where he closed uh, on Friday. We're wise to you, Dave. We know it's closed. All right, <laughs> All right so Dave Spano, because I do listen and uh, I do read the things that you send to your clients, um, I want you to do two things. One, defined yield curve, and then this hot conversation. Even on Facebook, people were arguing about it. I have a lot of friends who are like individual investors and stuff, and they're arguing that the yield curve suggests one thing, but the economy, the consumers are doing something else. So explain it, and then tell me what's the dilemma here. Right. So the yield curve is as you, the longer you go out in the term of a bond, generally the interest rates go up. So in the shorter term, you get paid less because your money is locked up in a shorter amount of time. And as you increase that, it generally goes up. But what has happened, that's a general economy. That's how it works. But when, when you start to get higher interest rates in the short term, then in the long term, that's inverted. So right now, the two-year treasury is in the high fours, and the 10-year treasury is in the high threes. So obviously, that's going. It's a downward slope. And any time you get that, that suggests that the economy is going to slow down in the future. And it has been a very good predictor in the past. It's... Uh, it's it's been it's the, the odds are pretty significant that we're going to get a significant economic slowdown or perhaps a recession in late 23 or early 24. That's what the economists are saying. Your friends in Twitterverse is saying, well, how can that possibly be? And we made that argument, as you know, on Saturday. How can that be when consumer spending is still vibrant? People are still going out and spending money. The GDP report, which, by the way, is the definition of recession, mm -hmm. two back-to-back -back, uh, GDP reports that are negative, is positive, and the Atlanta Fed is saying it's going to be positive again. So what is that suggesting? That it could still happen. It just may happen down the road. And why that is true is because all of the action of the Fed has a lagging effect, and that has been the reason why I've been pounding the tables. They look at what are the facts and circumstances today. Well, today, the reports that they look at, they're fact-dependent, is looking backwards. They're looking through the rearview mirror, when if you look out to the front, that is the lag in effect. So if they continue to, to raise interest rates because they think inflation is out of control, that means that it's going to have a lag in effect in late 23, early 24, when things will start to slow down. Okay, I have a friend who is an economics professor, and we were talking about... Smarter than I, that's for I, sure. I, <laughs> that's so stipulated. Uh, the, the, the difference between like Gen X and Gen Z, and he was telling me that he's seen this generation of kids that just are spending, 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 which isn't a bad thing, but he said, I can't try, I can't really convince them as to start saving and investing. So what are your... What are some of the tools that we as a community could use so that we can get these guys to be financially stable by the time that they're in middle age? Yeah, education. There's no question that we pound the table upon, upon financial literacy. So that means telling high school kids and college kids about financial literacy. And one of those building blocks is not to spend, not to, to spend more than you make, that you should pay yourself first, that you should keep your debt under control, all of those steps. Uh, that you clearly know, Carol, we have got to get that to the financial literacy of, of the next generation. And, and you know, I do know that a lot of uh, the younger generation, younger than us, 
they get beat up. But I will tell you, we have a lot of employees that are younger generation, and they are hardworking, they are smart, they're diligent people. So I am not a basher of the younger generations. I think they're they're ethical and hardworking people, and all they need to do is see that there is a benefit of saving early and allowing it to compound and not having all of this debt chew you up because it takes a long time and years and years to claw back from out of that. Dave Spinal joining, joining us from Annex Wealth Management, host of Money Talk, heard on Saturday mornings here on WTMJ. I get a lot of variations of this, of this question, this theme, uh, when, whenever we have you on, and it has to do with risk and risk assessment. Now, I have gone through mm-hmm. the, the Annex process. I know, understand how it works. But for folks who don't, there's always risk associated with any decision when it comes to your finances. But how do you, how do you at Annex, you guys at Annex, men and women, decide that question? I know the answer, but I want you to talk about that with our audience. Yeah, so we, we give you a number, of, a number of questions, and at the end of the day, we say, what if? So, for example, if just for every $100,000, if your $100,000 turned into 90000 how would you feel? If it turned into 80000 how would you feel? So 80000 from one hundred is down 20%. Well, guess what? That clearly happened last year. So how would you feel? If you don't want to take that kind of risk, then you should shorten up your, your duration. You should, uh, you should have less equities and have less risk. But if you're saying, I understand that it could go down to eighty, but in three years it might be 120000 in that example, then we have a good uh, understanding of what risk is. And we've talked to people about this is not a three-month game or six-month game. This is a long-run game. And that is the reason why we really spend a lot of time uh, explaining that to our clients. And when we're done, and as you know, Steve, we get... If, effectively give you a speedometer reading like you know driving on the road and you'll say i'm a 55 or a 65 or a 75 that gives us an understanding of how to build the portfolio what should be in the portfolio and then you have to continually manage that because the, the circumstances change the economics change what is the federal reserve going to do what's the geopolitical risk that we face today not only of course we know that we're a one-year anniversary of the ukraine russia war but we can clearly see that our relationship with China is stressed at the moment. So these ge- geopolitical risks, we say, if this happens, this could happen to your portfolio, and how do, you, how do you feel about that? And then you go, and as you know, Steve, we then say, what's it going to look like in a year, in two years, in five years, in ten years? And that is really why we try to keep people's focus down the road. Don't do it by yourself. I always recommend Annex Wealth Management. Easy way to find out about them, AnnexWealth.com. Mm-hmm. You can find all the information. Dave, thank you as always. Thanks, Dave. All right, guys. Enjoy the day. Uh, beautiful day off for the markets, but we're all here working. Hard at work at Annex Wealth Management. That is what they do. Dave Spano, everybody, president and CEO, host of Money Talk, heard every Saturday right here on WTMJ. Hey, everybody. Get your laughing pants on. This is Max, and we're back with another joke of the week. Why did it take? The pirates so long to learn the alphabet because they were stuck at sea. Back to people in the studios. That's so cute. He's really that cute. That might be one of his own creations. He's a master of the alphabet, that kid. I, it's very clever. Stuck at sea. Perfect. He's a smart little kid, just like his mom. All right. Um, this one, I, I there's a serious part of this, and then there's another part. It's like I think people, you've heard me talk say this before. Yes. It's too much about pets and not not about each other to me in, in, the, in the world we live in. You know what I'm saying? Ah, uh, yeah. A little I bit do. of that. Sure. But I don't want to make that the focus. So okay. I, I shared with you this story that I saw, and it has to do with people making pets, their pets, their best friends. It's called, the, the concept is called pet humanization. 
Okay. Which their dogs and cats are part of the family. But as I said to you during the break, I understand pets. I had a dog growing up. I love that dog. Sure. And it lived to be, I think, 16. Mm-hmm. Beagle, mix. Just sure. Love the dog. Uh-huh. But at some point in a pet's life, which is much shorter than a human life. They're not a human. Right. And okay. they're also, when you have people who get dog after dog, cat after cat, you are essentially saying with this best friend idea, if that's the way you look at it, you're going you're gonna to deal with emotional heartbreak every, what, 10, 11, 12, sometimes longer, every year, every period, every generation, right. another one of those stories. Well, this actually strikes very close to home for me because Sydney is 12. She's a big girl. Um, going back, I don't even know if I can say that anymore because of the fact that our, our problem with the English language. But she's, Sydney is a big dog. She's about 80 pounds. And Beauregard is 11. And he's right around 80 pounds too. So I do understand that we are getting close to the end of their life cycle, which is very, very, very hard for me. But I'm one of those people that you just described. I've had probably 15, 16 pets in my life. So for you, yes. they are part of the family. Yes, they are. They don't sleep with me. They sleep around the bed. Sure. Um, I don't let them on the furniture, so I treat them like they, and they have collars that they wear, and they're vaccinated, and I'm a responsible pet owner. But it is very heartbreaking when you have to do what you have to do. Now, that being said... I once again go back to the very teachable moment for family members to understand that this is the life cycle and how it works. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. a pet can help through some very difficult times when it comes to maybe the loss of a family member. Um, Yeah, emotional support. Exactly. Exactly. But I would never treat them as my best friend. They're still my dogs. You think everybody looks at it that way? I don't know. I can't answer for everybody, but I do think it's a very teachable moment, again, for kids to understand the life cycle. And you can have, like, it's uh, going over the rainbow. Did you know this, that they cross the rainbow bridge and that they're waiting for you on the other side when you arrive there? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's a very comforting thing for kids to even understand. So here's some numbers from a survey of 1,000 U.S. adults between 18 and 65 who had at least one pet. 49, this, not that I, I'm, this is not generational, I'm just telling you what the survey showed. 49% of baby boomers, that's, as you know, uh-huh. 1946 to 1964, sure. view their pets as children. As, oh, okay, If yes. you go to Gen Z, which is 97 to 2012, 34%. So the number's gone down amongst those generations. I will say that I do, when I, I'll go home this afternoon and I'll be like, where are my kids? Come here, kids. So they are kind of like children to me and they were of great comfort to me when my kids flew the coop, if you will. But, um, but I don't, I I don't dress them up. I don't, they have coats if it's cold to put them on, you know, to go outside or they have a raincoat if it's raining so they don't get soaking wet. But I don't put funny little hats on. I don't throw them birthday parties. <laughs> well, on that point, this yeah. is from the survey. Uh, this is a quote from uh, the company that did the research. Today's pets are increasingly living the high life, more akin to humans than the four-legged animals of yesteryear. From organic diets to premium grooming, pet parents, Gen Z in particular, particular are matching their furry companions' quality of life with their own. Pet beds, 
prescriptions they pick up along with their own prescriptions at the local pharmacy. They are essentially <laughs> part of our families now. Well, you know, my two, I I have carpet that they can <laughs> that they can lay on, but I do have like dog beds. But see, I always I always go back to the fact that I don't give them gourmet food. They live the high life they do. I've told Beauregard, I said, you were living in an F-150 down in Alabama, <laughs> and you have really embraced the Mequon lifestyle. But at the same time, I have to go out and stop him from eating poop. Like, the deer that come in. The end of the day, it's still a dog. It's, like, mm-hmm. Stop eating the poop. And I, you know, so it's just like, so the dry kibble I give him because I don't, you know, fancy it up, I don't think it matters to him. All right, so I want to ask you, the. this is the question I was trying to get to. I'm, I'm curious about this. I, I see what the survey says, and this is a very specific question. And in the audience, I'd love to hear what you have to say, 855-616-1620, the old National Bank te- talk and text line. What do you think the, not, the percentages of baby boomers, us, mm-hmm. who allow their pets to sleep in their bed, what do you think that number is of the pet owners out there? What's the number? I'll bet you it's pretty high. I'll bet you it's pretty high because I know a lot of people that allow Give that to happen. Um, I'll go, I'll say 55%. 71%. Three out of four, essentially. Okay, now let me tell you this. I have a girlfriend who lets the dog sleep with she and her husband, or her and her husband, and her dogs are a huge shepherd, a Leon burger, which can go up to about 180 pounds, and they just got an English Mastiff, with it's going to be right around 200. I'm like, Jill, where are you guys going to sleep? Because <laughs> she lets them just, they just crawl up. They just I, morph I think around that's nuts, them. but I'm not a pet owner currently. I, it just to me, people complain about not being able to sleep. Well, having a hundred pound animal in their bed with two people seems like a recipe for not sleeping. No, I'm not. I I don't allow jo, uh, Sydney and Beauregard to get in the bed. All right, I want to hear what you don't have to be, baby boomer. Just your thoughts on s- pets sleeping. It could be a cat too. Cats oh, are harder to dictate. Cats don't could care less about the the humans that. They I, live with. I will say that every now and I think Webster might have slept right above my head on my pillow. And I can tell you, in my world, that is not happening ever. <laughs> what do you think? We'll talk about it after this on WTMJ. Pets as children. What do you think? Patty joins us from my favorite city of Oak Creek. Hi, Patty. Hi, Patty. Hi, guys. My favorite people in the morning, as you know. Okay. I am just full disclosure. I might be one of those crazy pet ladies, okay? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just full disclosure. So my dog, yes, Yellow Lab Brooklyn, she probably is in charge of the whole house. She probably has a total of one, two, three, five beds. Okay. I know I'm overdoing it a little bit, Steve. So, um, and she, we have a king size bed and we had a queen size and it wasn't, it wasn't fitting us all three. Well, you know what I mean? So we got a king size bed for her. So and you adjusted yes, your bed is. purchase to meet the, the needs of your Brooklyn dog. I'm, I'm full disclosure. I know people out there, they probably listen to me. They know me. Yeah, I'm a crazy lady. But okay. not like crazy lady. I don't put her up in outfits and stuff like that. She does eat, you know, from food. I do, you know, give her a massage every night. Um, and, uh, yeah, she is extremely, extremely spoiled. And, um, yeah, she knows it. So right. I am a crazy dog lady. Okay. Patty is the, thanks for the call, All Patty. Right. Patty, a loyal listener and crazy dog lady. There's, you, I, I, you can spoil the heck out of your pets. Absolutely. 
I spoil the heck out of my pets. I just don't allow them to get on my furniture or sleep on my bed. Period. That's where I draw the line. Do I sometimes load them up in the car and take them for a ride because they're 12 and 11 and they can't do a three-mile walk? Let them roll down the window and stick your head out and... Real yeah. quick, I want to just read this because we, we got to get to break for news. Stephen Carroll, we have four large, well-behaved dogs, and they are dogs, exclamation point. They roughhouse in the mud, they eat disgusting things, and lick their body parts. They also have gas. Although much loved, no way did they sleep in my bed. I'd have to wash the sheets every day. See, that's that's the world I would live that's, in. That's me, too. I, I don't want to sleep in all that hair. I have enough hair. <laughs> I have enough hair. You're not blaming that on Lou, are you? I, but the dog hair? The, the hair. No. Okay. No. I just want to be clear on that. All right, we'll take a break. News is next. Right here in WTMJ. The week, right? Ah, boy, here we go. The best day of the week. Uh, no. Uh, no. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Joining Steve Scafidi, it's radio legend herself, Carol Kane. Now, if I had a piece of their bread, I would smear the mayonnaise all over it and just eat that. I'd have a mayonnaise sandwich. What's wrong with you? <laughs> That's crazy talk. <laughs> well, I know you're going to. Of course, but I'm not going to be here tomorrow, so what do I care? <laughs> hey, do your own thing. You do you, Carol. I... Hey, we agreed on something. How about that? Yeah. At 10.53, Stephen Carroll finally agreed on something. Now broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. This is time to party. Here's Stephen Carroll. Time to pate, Carol Kane, radio legend who sits just across from me in uh-huh. Avenue Studios here in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. And you know what? Once again, uh, because where we are, where our studios are, is confusing sometimes for people. You have to say it's the former Grand Avenue. It's mm-hmm. the Avenue now. Right. But I really encourage any of you who have not been here for like lunch, you got to get down here. It's a lot of great restaurants. Oh, here. my Third God. Third Street Market food. Hall. Oof. The food is extraordinary. I didn't even know this. I'm, I'm going. I'm leaving work Friday. Mister Dye's Pies is in here now. Oh, you're kidding! I bought a few pieces. Oh, you have to. That's delicious. That's the best. That is the best. So I, I, I ate one and froze the other two. Okay, I'm know where I'm going after the show. I'm <laughs> it's right over here. My, yeah, I'm going to go check out. Check it out. All right. So speaking of buying things, yes, you shared this article with me, and I'll just. It's from Money Talks News. And um, quickly, the headline of the story, 14 things Fourteen things we buy and then almost never use. So as you're listening out there in Radio Land, sure. think about things you buy but never really use in real life. Uh-huh. Think about those things. And they don't have to be like real things. They can be subscriptions. And I'll give you some examples in a second. Okay. Well, some of those online subscriptions or just overall, like magazine subscriptions or something like that, sometimes those can be a hindrance. Because all of a sudden, the next thing you know, you're getting your credit card statement and they've upped it and not told you. Yeah, you forget about it. Right. Like, I'm very diligent every day and probably every night as well. I actually check my bank statement because I want to see anything that goes in and out of my accounts. Oh, wow. Aren't you diligent? That's that's how you get the high credit rating. Diligence about your account. Okay. All right. So anytime I see anything, I'm like, okay, what is that? I know what's coming out. I know what's going in. So okay. I'm very, what's the what's the term? Fastidious? Yeah, about okay. all that stuff. Got it. And, and the, not to get an extra plug to Educators Credit Union, but their online platform is amazing. Great. Trust me. 
Great. So for Good me, it know. works perfectly. I'm okay. a new member. Yeah. All right. So number one on the list, online subscriptions, things you signed up for, you don't even look at anymore. Why do you still pay for these? And people forget about this stuff. I do it all the time. I do. I forget. Or I sign up for like the free trial and I don't realize that the six months is up and now all of a sudden I'm getting dinged 20 bucks a month. Yeah. That happens I, a lot. I rarely sign up for any of that stuff. One, I don't like, I don't like emails just popping into my inbox and Two years ago when I made the mission that I wasn't going to have an inbox littered, I keep my inbox below 50 unread messages, and I, I've done that for two years now. Okay. That, you talk about being on top of your stuff, that's one of the ways you do it. It's not easy, because I had 10,000 unread messages. I spent a weekend going through that mess. Just going through. i got to go through mine. Um, but see, like my online subscriptions have a lot to do with work, and I just use it to, you know, offset my taxes. Like mm -hmm. the Washington Post, the New York Times, right. the L.A. Times, that kind of thing for exclusive and extensive coverage. I'll pay for that if you use it. Like I, do, so I do the same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. That's different. But here's another one: extended warranties. Now they always ask you when you buy like a an appliance, uh -huh. stereo, TV. Do you want the extended warranty? I always say no. Well, there's no sense in buying that because the damn thing is set to expire in two. Like, if you buy the extended warranty and they say this will cover it through the six, first six years of its life, it's going to be dead in two years. They build those things to fall apart. Yes. Like, the old refrigerators lasted 40 years. I got one downstairs in my basement. Yeah. The new ones, man, you get five years out of them. That's, like, accepted now. I have had to replace the produce drawers in my refrigerator, like, a thousand times. You rough on the produce drawers? They they crack. They're plastic. Mm -hmm. And so, but ask me how many times I have for the one downstairs. Never. Zero. Never. Because they're like metal. Yeah. 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line. Things, talk and text line, things you buy that you okay. don't use. Okay. Um, I will say this. Some of the things that I have purchased, I will use, I have a great blender, I have a great Cuisinart, but like a bread maker or um, like a quesadilla maker, all that specialty stuff, I wouldn't know where to store it and I wouldn't know what to do with it. I would never use a blender. They take up too much counter space and a quesadilla maker, just get a skillet out. Just use it in a skillet. You don't, do you need the actual so perforations? What, is it still in your house? Mm -mm. Oh, you got rid of it. No, um, actually, you, I can go visit it at Goodwill because there's a. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there, there's a wall at my Goodwill in Grafton that's just nothing but bread makers. Now, here's a, yes, here's a big one. Okay. I'm guilty of this, even as organized as I am now. I used to have like five or six filing cabinets because I, I was a manager for many years in my other life. Yeah. Um, and I had a lot of documents, employee. You know, improvement plans, all sure, that stuff, sure. disciplinary stuff, uh -huh. year-end reports. I decided to go through every piece of paper I had. It was it was during the pandemic, during the winter. Wow, so that you're would be, really decluttering. Yes, well, you get into the point where you got to get rid of stuff. I'm down to two, and only one is really full. One has all of my purchase receipts and my books from any purchase that I made that was larger than like $1,000. Wow, okay. So I know when I bought it, and if I have a problem, I know where to, to go to look it up. Okay. And the other one has just important documents that I want to keep if they're not in my safe. Okay. That's it. But filing cabinets are the worst. You put stuff in and you never look, you never reference You never it. go back to look at and it. And all this stuff is online now. Yeah. You can find everything online. You don't yeah. need to have paper. I'm kind of a paper girl, but that's just me. But you're right. It's I've got two I've got stacks of it. Stacks of papers.
It's like, yes. what, what's Get rid of it. Yeah, I know. Last I know. one before break, and I want to hear what you have to say. 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talking text line. We all know this story. Oh, boy. Exercise, home exercise equipment. The, uh, the clever door hangers. Yeah. It becomes, clothes hangers. It's a clothes like, hanger. Yeah, clothes hangers, I should say. Yeah. That everybody has. I don't because I got rid of them. I, I bought a treadmill, and Liz has it. She took it, and that's fine. Get it out of here. I don't want it. And I had a stationary bike, and I broke it. So that's fine. So I don't have that. So I just, you know, I went to a gym for a long time, but I just am a huge proponent of get outside and take a walk. Mm-hmm. There. It's easy. Done. Solved. Wisdom from radio legend Carol Kane. <laughs> what do you have that you bought that you just don't use? And why did? Why in the heck did you buy it? We'll discuss after this on WTMJ. Hey, everybody. Get your laughing pants on. This is Max, and we're back with another joke of the week. Why did it take? The pirates so long to learn the alphabet because they were stuck at sea. Back to you people in the studios. <laughs> funny, funny seven-year-old young Max. He's very clever. He is a clever kid. All right, so we asked the question before the break. We're listening to Stephen Carroll, Monday edition on WTMJ. Things you buy that you don't use. How about this one? This is a, I bet you a lot of people identify with this. Colin from Delphi. My wife buys me and herself clothes that aren't quite the right size. Because it's on sale. Oh, God. It never gets worn, but the uh, tax or column says, I don't care it's $5. This is something that's real. Right. I've had this. Well, you, where she buys, it's, oh, it's, it's $2. Okay, okay. it's $2 because I'm not going to wear, like, and she generally buys all my clothes. And she does a fantastic job. Let's get that out first. Let's get That's my out. disclaimer. Right. There you go. Because she's got good taste. But okay. I think it was, a, it was for a dollar or $2, a pair of oversized camouflage shorts do you see me ever wearing a pair of oversized camouflage no. shorts do you ever see no. me wearing camo gear or any tactical gear of, of any sort no no because no. you're not a soldier i'm not i'm not a soldier first off but i'm not a, someone who imagines themselves a soldier right in some sort of a weird patriotic whatever yeah so no. that's an example of that personal example Right. I can't see you in like a goofy holiday sweater, too, just no, because it was $2. I hate that, I hate that stuff. <laughs> Hate's a strong word, but I'm using it for this. Uh, let's see. I bought an annual pass at the Milwaukee Public Museum. I thought it would incent me, incentivize me to take the kids. Never got around to it. Yeah, we did that. But that's a good thing. They get, they get the money. Right. Then the, the museum gets the money. But um, I think we did the zoo and the museum when the kids were little, but we did take them, and they did enjoy it. Yeah, we do that. And the other, the one that actually does work, subscriptions to the local theaters. That's a great. That's a great one. Because every I don't know month or two, you have a, you have a date nights where right. you, you typically wouldn't go. Sure. And some people do, but sure. we wouldn't go unless we had a a date or a thing to go see. How about this one from the four one four? Stupid soda maker. <laughs> Yeah. Who makes their own soda? Is the other soda that inconvenient? No, there's there's a machine out there, and yes. I only know this because Leah, my hair girl, who I'm seeing tomorrow, she has one of these, and she it comes like my water bottle here. It's a little bit bigger, and you can add this stuff, and then you press a button, and the CO2 goes in it, and so you you don't spend all this money on soda because soda has gotten pretty expensive. No, it's how much you can buy like an eight pack for like five bucks, right? Well, like the a twelve pack of cans can cost you up now about like seven dollars unless it's on sale, like four for twelve or something like that. How does your own soda that you make taste compared to the other ones? I've never tried it. 
but she is she raved about it. But that's her thing. That's not mine. Uh, another one's cookbooks. Here, people, my wife has a cookbook collection. It's probably displayed in my kitchen. I do too. It's like three feet long of books on a shelf. Here's the thing. All of that stuff's available online. I know. I you're right. You're absolutely right, and I agree with you. I just the I I'm tactical that way. I like to feel the pages and open the book, and I look at this like, oh, that cookbook that's got that great German recipe in it. And I I don't know. I wax poetic, and I shouldn't. It's stupid, but I have a lot of cookbooks too. Now, if it's a collection, that's a little different because my wife has a, a very nice shelf and. And some of them, one of them was my original joy of cooking from way back. That's, but that's a, that's a classic one. Yes. That's he, a classic you yeah. should have. Yeah. And it's one of the early editions. So it might even be worth something. That's in good shape. Uh, here's one alcohol, like booze. Oh, I got that. Um, but I'm but just going to, <laughs> I'm going to say that's going to be, uh, I think I, you'd be very hard pressed to find too many people in the state of Wisconsin that buy it and don't drink it. I think. This would be the state where you could say that. Yeah. Uh, now, how about this one? I, at this moment, have two TVs that fit this bill. From the uh, from Diane and Economwalk, one of our loyal fans of WTMJ. All my sons have left TVs in our basement that no one will ever use, but they will not come and take them out. Yeah, I've got a bunch of stuff left over from the kids, too. I've got a lot of, like, the gaming systems. and Those are worth money, the old ones. I'll have to investigate. Yes. I thought I gave him... <sighs> The, I sent him a picture. I found an amplifier for an old guitar that he'd had. And I said, also, what do I do with this? If it works, also could be worth money. So you you would be the candidate, Carol Kane, of having gold mines in your things that you just have laying around. I, well, I will. I might have some money laying around when it comes to the Beanie Babies. I got yeah, a bunch that, of Beanie Babies. You'd have to have the right Beanie Baby. Okay. That's one that hasn't done well over time. I just I, I, I think that the the main thing that is the biggest... Are those specialty makers? Where do you store them? What do you, like, I bought a waffle maker. I don't think I've ever used it. It's downstairs. <laughs> no? it's you downstairs. don't make a tasty waffle? No. It's downstairs in the basement in the box. Uh, Single-use appliances? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's another thing I have, and i got to get rid of it. Do you know why, why in the world would I buy a chocolate fountain? I've bought a chocolate fountain maker. Wedding? I thought it was going to be fun for the kids, you know, and then as it sporadically spit the chocolate over the, and the kids are getting covered in it, I'm like, this was a really bad idea. This one's really good, and it hits home in Wisconsin because we have a high tourism in our state. Souvenirs. Yeah. I I have very few from my trips, but I, I see them on sale everywhere, no matter where you go in the world. They're selling souvenirs all to, over the place. I'll be perfectly honest with you. In the garage, I found a basket that we bought for our second anniversary when we were in Jamaica. And it has been in the garage ever since. Never used it. I don't know why I bought the you damn thing. you got to have a rummage sale. Or I don't know why I sale. bought the damn have thing. Have an estate sale, but still stay in your house. I would shop it. Do you have like old baseball cards at all? Because if you do, and you have the right ones. You want to know something? I might. Let's, Alex might have had some left over. Let's bring those in. Let's look at them. Okay, I'll see if I can find them. As a collector, them. that'd be fun. All right, this is a classic one. Then we'll go to a break uh, from the 414. I pay 421 a month to HP for ink refills on a printer that I almost never use and can't figure out how to stop it. You have to go to their websites. Oh. And you should stop that. I got th- All I've... these 421s add up. Yeah. I have a printer at home that doesn't work. 
it constantly offlines itself from my computer. I should just get rid of it. You should get rid of it. I mean, I bring my computer in here and just use it instead of. Print I that can stuff imagine. Out. Now, I don't know what Mequon's take is on estate sales, but Carol Kane estate sale—that's one you want to go to. That's appointment estate sailing. Stop that. <laughs> You know, Luke could organize this thing? No. Uh, if I have to wait for him to organize it, it's never going to happen. That's why I said it. All right. <laughs> She's Caroline Steve. It's Monday on WTMJ. Spring training is here. Baseball is back. Keep it tuned here on WTMJ all spring long for Cactus League Baseball. All the sounds of Brewers Baseball, including a legendary Bob Euchre on the call for some games all throughout spring training season. Our first spring training broadcast this Saturday, 2.10 p.m. It's spring training, and it's back right here on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. How exciting is that? I mean, summer's right around the corner. I hope so. Every time those boys of summer go back, I am thrilled to death. And we are proud to be the home of the Brewers on WTMJ. All right, a little more cleanup uh, quickly before we hand it off to Connie Weber for the news uh, from the 414. I have the same Jamaican basket that that you have. Is it? Did you say something about Jamaican basket? I missed that. Yeah, I said I bought it on our second That's anniversary, and it's sitting in the garage. I missed the Jamaican part of that. Uh, plus, I found a carved bird, too, on the back of the kitchen shelf. Those are from February of 1983. Uh, mine would be from 1989. And the only reason I know that is because Elizabeth was conceived in Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> That's your souvenir. Uh, Laurie from Fond du Lac Punch Bowl. How often do you serve punch? Nobody has a punch bowl anymore. Uh, let's see. Waffle Makers, Gary from Racine. He so, says, he don't, although he has a workaround, it does make a great grilled cheese. I can see that, yes. Mm-hmm. But it's got to have some place to be stored. And it, I don't want it on my counter. And those like cake pop things and, you know, like something. I bought even a French. Do you know what a French press coffee maker is? Yes. Okay. I got one of those. I've probably used it a half a dozen times. They make great coffee. But it makes great coffee. Rather laborious. Yeah, exactly. Espresso machines. Love espresso. No, I don't want that sitting on my counter. See, if I was retired, I would have more time to do that stuff. But I don't have the time. Okay. I can buy espresso and save all the hassle. And why not? I mean, seriously, I just, I had an expre- uh, espresso. I had an espresso maker a long time ago, and I just decided it's taken up too much space. Get it out of here. Carol but, Kane's estate sale is going to be something to remember, I tell you. I, I will tell you this. I got a lot of clothes. <laughs> not getting rid of those. Brought to you by Lou. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you're having a great Monday. I am. Carol is. Yep. Great calls, text today. You can always join us, 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talking text line. On that point, uh, just curious what you can, a text is fine, phone call if you'd like to. The governor in his budget address last week mm-hmm. added this little thing. And I'm, I've been talking about this for a long time. We need much stiffer penalties for operating while intoxicated, drunk driving. Sure. His proposal would require the courts order the use of an ignition interlock, right? For all offenses involving the use of alcohol and operating a motor, ve- motor vehicle while intoxicated, more commonly known as OWI, 30 states and D.C., District of Columbia, already do this, requiring all offenders, first-time offenders, to install one of these devices. To that I say, absolutely. Um, I, yeah, you know... <sighs> Don't mistake my hesitation as saying that I am against this because I'm not. 
Uh, I just sometimes think that the first time could be just an unfortunate accident. Should you have been behind the wheel? Absolutely not. Do not misunderstand what I'm saying. But I think sometimes that first offense is enough for some people. In best case scenario, when it works out that you didn't kill somebody or injure somebody, absolutely. Yeah. But I, I think given that we talk about Wisconsin and, and the use of alcohol in the terms of drunkest counties, drunkest cities, yeah. drunkest state, when, and we lead in everything. You're right. Sometimes you have to shock the system. Okay. Now, we have a tavern league in this state that's very powerful. This is not going to happen. No, probably not. It's not going to happen. Well, and... But do we have you 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 tell me because I do not know. So I'm asking this question outright. Is there any of these in, for, at what offense do we have to put these in or don't we ever put these things in? They do it and I think it's for and I think it's the, the judge's decision, but I think it's for four or five. Somebody will correct me if I'm wrong. I didn't look that up. But it's not first offense. It's not okay. second offense. It might be third or higher, but someone will correct me on that and if I get a chance I'll google it during the break. Uh, from the 262 ignition interlocks for first time OWI offender. Yes, yes, yes. Because here's the thing. Okay. You put it in. If you're sober or haven't been drinking, it affects you no. not at all. Right, right. But it can save lives. I, I actually know people. I shouldn't say that. I know people who have had family members who have been involved in situations where they were in an accident, had never been caught drunk driving before. They probably had done that before. Right caused accidents, went to jail. You know, it's serious. Yeah. So first time, fifth time, 20th time, because the absurdity of Wisconsin get is, those, yeah. yeah, which should not happen. So the whole idea is, because this is, this is something that you've investigated and I have not, the whole idea is, just, just want to be clear, that if you blow into this thing and it registers that you've been drinking, the car will not start. Correct. Okay. Now, the, one of the common arguments is they're not infallible. Well, right? no, nothing. Somebody else is. can blow into it, but you know, yeah, you can you can game any system, you can cheat any system. Sure. So nothing's perfect. I've seen people. I have seen people in in bars who have these devices. In their car. How do I know that? Because I, I parked right next to them and saw the device. Okay. They're going to a bar. Now, they could go there and have a soda right. or non-alcoholic beer. I don't. I didn't follow them. And Or maybe they're the designated driver. Perhaps. Or they're okay. meeting someone because maybe there's pizza there or something. You know, I'm not the judge. But I'm saying if we want to do, if we're serious about the problem in Wisconsin, maybe we shock the system. I don't, I listen, I don't disagree with you whatsoever. I just think it's... It's and it is a very very tough lesson to learn. And I mean, if I would get myself thrown in jail, I would expect just throw away the key. Just let me sit there. Let me learn my lesson. And if I would have to have one of these things installed, I would. You better. I'm going to straighten up and fly right. I, I think so. Now again, they're not infallible. They're not perfect. And I have a text that's going to address that. But nothing is perfect. Nothing is absolutes. And if you so have a, stop thinking that way. Yeah, if you've got a friend who hasn't been drinking and you want them to blow into it, well, then just have the friend drive the damn car. Apparently, they can order one on the second offense. So that's what one texter says. This is from the 414. Our son's friend had this installed for a, a DUI violation, and he disabled it. I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can, too. I wouldn't know how, the first thing about how to do that, but 
Um, Here, here's a, a personal testimony, 414. I got one after my second. It will never happen again. It was very intrusive. However, it can be unsafe when you have to blow into it during a drive. I also had to pay every month for it to get calibrated. So there's, there's a cost as well. Oh, they don't say what the cost is? Uh, no, they didn't. Okay. Um, from Jim and Tosa, I like the idea of having it for the first time offense. Otherwise, many people will take the chance and most likely will never be caught unless they have a serious accident. Now, I've made it a, a, a principle that I stand on. I will not drink and drive. I'll have one beer, and then if there's time yeah. passes, then perhaps yeah. an hour or so, two hours. Right. I will not have more than one drink ever and drive a vehicle. Okay. I mean, I can't. To tell you the truth, I I I will admit to you that like when we go for Christmas Eve, my girlfriend lives a half a block away, and I've probably gotten in the car after a couple of pops and gone home. Probably shouldn't have been behind the wheel of a car, but I'm on a side street just half a block away. Um, I'm not, just, nobody said I was smart. <laughs> but I think that happens way more than you think it does. I think there are way more people out there that are drinking and driving than we could even possibly imagine. We both know the state very well. Mm-hmm. We've both been in bars and restaurants many times. I've seen this. I, I said this probably a couple of months ago now, and we were talking about something like this. And I said, look at the parking lots of any bar and restaurant in Wisconsin. Oh, it's packed. It's packed. Most of those people are drinking. Mm-hmm. Bars crowded. Mm-hmm. Most of those people are going to get in a vehicle and drive away. They are making a unscientific calculation. Two but, things. Either they don't care, one, which is very unscientific, or two, that they are somehow below that limits. Yeah, that's, without having no idea, any idea of whether that's true or not. I think that that's a lot. I think that has an awful lot to do with it. I don't think people realize how quickly you reach the illegal limit, um, and it and it doesn't take much. It does not take much at all to get you to no. a couple of drinks. Yeah, exactly. Maybe even not that. Eight five five six one six one six twenty is the old National Bank talk and text line. Governor's proposed it. I, I will tell you up front, it has zero chance of any well, when, uh, serious chance of being passed. All right, so it has zero chance of doing it for the first offense, but you think that I don't have a problem. If you're arrested again, throw away the key. I have a lot of texts that say, I got it on my third offense, I got it on my second offense. Which, which I don't know. what the, I think it's a judge's discretion issue. We'll take a break. Chris is on the line, had one in his car. Um, he'll have his, well, oh, his thoughts I want to and this. yours yeah. after this on WTMJ. Governor proposed it. It has zero chance of being law. Ignition interlock, first offense, OWI. Chris joins us from Milwaukee. Welcome to the show, Chris. You're on WTMJ. Hi, Good morning. Hey, how's it going? Good. You've had one of these. Uh, yeah, it was the worst. It was absolutely the worst. Tell me. But, I mean, I deserve it because I got pulled over and... Let me, let me also just say that Milwaukee does need to get tougher on this stuff because we're ridiculous. The, the, the country's laughing at us. I, I don't like the stigma that we're the drunkest idiot city. It's stupid. We need to get over this stuff. Completely agree. But it, but it is a giant pain. So when I got mine installed, also mine was after a first, first offense, uh, but thankfully I didn't, you know, it was just, I was just pulled over, didn't hurt anyone, whatever. So I got this in. The thing is, you have to, you can't just have someone blow into it to start your car. 
because what, what it does is it goes off randomly throughout the time you're driving. Yes, a couple so textures made that point, yes. So, yeah, if you're driving, and it's not like every three minutes, it's random. Right. And if you don't blow into it correctly, um, what happens is your your lights go on and off and your your horn starts, starts oh, honking until you pull over and pull the key out. And if you don't blow into it right, you have three chances. And if you don't do it right after three chances, it locks your car out for 15 minutes. So a couple, um, a couple questions, Chris. Blow in, Chris, sure. a couple questions real quick. Did you have to pay for the installation of the device? Oh, yeah, yeah. What, what, what would something like that cost? I think it was like, I, I can't even remember, uh, but I think it was somewhere like, like $500, something like that. Okay, and the second bigger question, to... did it change your behavior? Oh, yeah. I mean, when I, let's, let's put it this way. When I was arrested, it changed my behavior. Right. I haven't drank since, I, since, since the last shot I did after leaving a bar and then getting pull, pulled over. That's the last drink I've had. And that's been three and a half years. Well, thanks for the call, Chris. I mean, that personal testimony. Yeah, now, and he does address what I brought up in the fact that the minute you're pulled over, for a lot of people, that ends the bad behavior. But I understand for a lot of people, we've seen the stories, for a lot of people, it doesn't. Now, I, now, am I supposed to understand that you're supposed to be driving and this thing goes off, so you got to pull over? What if you're on the freeway? You still have to blow into it. And the convenience of that, I don't know, because I've never been in a car that's had one. I've seen them. Um, this is from Stephen Hartland, Hartford, rather, sorry. Uh, regarding inter- ignition interlock, it's as soon as the second offense, along with the judge's discretion, which I, I read a lot of judge's discretion uh, arguments. Um, 414, Chris is a good example of a good reason to have it. It's too bad, so sad for his problems. I mean, Chris seemed like a nice guy. But the bottom line here is he admitted it changed his behavior. Right, right. And he said it. As soon as he got caught, it changed his behavior. Right, right. I don't know if that's true or not. I think that with some people, I think it, it is. It might. But do you agree? And I think most of us in Wisconsin agree. Drunkest cities, drunkest counties, drunkest state. Do I, we want to always be that? Is that the is that the mo of Wisconsin? I don't. I don't know if the horse is already out of the barn, and we can't bring that back. I think that we're always going to have that reputation. I do. I think, I mean, look at what happens even with the drunkest colleges. UW-Madison's at the top of that list almost every single time. Yeah, that's the fourth uh, leg of that chair. All right, Kyle, quickly from Appleton. Hey, Kyle. Hey, how are you doing? Good. You've also had one of these? Yeah, this, uh, Yeah, I had one of these, too, and, um, you know, I, I, in all honesty, having one and having the DWI, I think it should be. It puts the life of the fear of God in you driving with that machine. Um it used to be where you just had to blow in, I guess. But mm-hmm. people outsmarted it by using balloons or that, so right. now it makes you suck in. Um, in Wisconsin, your car battery can go dead, so if you have to go to work, they have a little mouthpiece with a ball in it, so if it's too cold, it'll freeze up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it does go off randomly. Typically, first blow, and then after that, it was about five minutes, and then 30 minutes after that. But, um, yeah, I hope they put it in for everybody to get one. It's Definitely made me rethink about ever drinking and driving again. And like I said, I mean, it puts the fear of God in you when you drive around with that thing. And I appreciate the cost, okay. Kyle, because that's not easy to, to admit that. I mean, first off, sure, that's a big admission. Right. And the fact both of the gentlemen that were just on, that experience changed their behavior. 
And now, so that makes the argument that maybe this is a good idea, even though it has no chance of passing. Right. I, I'm not. I, I don't think it's a bad idea. Let's put it that way. But if there are challenges with this device, we need to work on that too, so we can get it as perfect as possible, and and that it will work to the best of its ability. Right now, it sounds from those two guys. It kind of looks. It sounded like it was. Oof, yeah. Kind of dicey. Last word from a texter, 262. I'm 56 years old. When I was 22, I was pulled over for drunk driving, two blocks away from my house, lived in Milwaukee. The officer was so kind. He said, leave your car here, walk home. I will not arrest you. I I believe everybody deserves that one chance, and I never drove drunk again. So he learned even from that experience. Yeah. I think that for a lot of people, just the fear of God, you're getting pulled over, and you got those flashing lights, and they're making you go through the, the, the paces. I'll never do that again. Just quickly, two things. I don't want to be the drunkest anything anymore in in this beautiful country we live in. And the second thing is, I know people look at it as the warning, but that first time could be deadly. So always think about that when you're making those decisions to drink and drive. We'll see what Jeff Wagner is going to talk about. That's next on WTMJ.